0: Hey there, podcast explorers. Welcome to Pit Chat, the podcast where we gather round, toss in some hot topics and let the flames of conversation burn bright. I'm Michelle and I'm Wayne and together we're your hosts on this journey through the sizzling landscape of current events sprinkled with a dash of mystery, a pinch of the unexplained and a whole lot of fun.
1: That's right, Michelle. We're not just here to talk about the everyday stuff. We're diving deep into the realms of the unknown, exploring UFO sightings, unraveling paranormal mysteries, and maybe even roasting a marshmallow or two
0: along the way. So whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join us as we stoke the flames of curiosity and bring you the hottest takes on the coolest conspiracies. It's like sitting around a fire pit with your friends, but with a bit of extraterrestrial excitement.
1: Each episode, we'll be serving up a blend of the latest headlines, intriguing stories, and a touch of the supernatural. From politics to pop culture, and from ghosts to government secrets, we've got it all covered.
0: And hey, if you've ever looked up at the night sky and wondered what's out there, or if you've ever felt a chill down your spine in a supposedly haunted place, you're in the right spot. So,
1: grab a seat, cozy up by the fire, And let's spark some conversation. This is Pit Chat, where the ordinary meets the extraordinary. Get ready for a wild ride down the rabbit hole
0: on an escalator. All right, and we are live. Hello,
1: everyone out there in YouTube and podcast land. How is it going on this Sunday evening? Michelle, we got some people out there already.
0: Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome aboard, Kelly and Diane. We've got Kelly Lewis and Diane Boss with us tonight.
1: And I see there's some other people lurking about that haven't said hello in chat, but that's okay. Welcome, everybody. And need to just let everybody know, as usual, as we kick off the show tonight, we're going to be talking about the Ford UFO documents and a listener experience that was sent in. Um, Michelle's going to read that for us in just a little bit. But first, Super Chats and Super Stickers are open. You can make a donation. Feel free. However you would like, we have PayPal listed down below. Buy us a coffee. You can become a Patreon. All those links and everything are down in the show description. So feel free to make a donation if you enjoy the show.
0: But you know, you can join the pit crew by simply clicking join. So the join button below and uh, become a member with custom emojis. Yeah. Like, share, and subscribe.
1: Absolutely.
0: Ah, Tabin has joined us. He said he's being sneaky. Hey, there he is. Lurkers are always welcome. (laughs)
1: Lurkers are always welcome. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so like Michelle said, one of the best ways to support the channel is to share, like, and subscribe. Like our number one fan, Diane, loves to do. She always posts our show to her Facebook group and her friends and stuff. So it's uh, awesome. So really, really, really. Thank you a lot, Diane, and all of you that share our stuff. Um, Also, now this is really strange that's happened. Um, If you listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever your audio platform is that you like to listen to us, first of all, we would appreciate a review on whatever platform you like. It really helps out the show. And it seems that after Spotify has taken over our hosting platform, which used to be anchor, uh, they seem to have messed with our audience count when it comes to the audio, um, audience. So even though we have close to a thousand people listen to us on Spotify alone, it seems like their numbers are not matching up with what we have going on with them. So If you're listening to this, you might need to check and see. Yeah, exactly. Michelle's kind of shrugging her shoulders.
0: You know, check and
1: see if you're still following us on your favorite audio platform, because something may have happened where the RSS feed was kicked off. So, but we appreciate your support, no matter what it is you do like share and subscribe. Like we said,
0: these algorithms sometimes are absolutely crazy. Hello, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, yes, we, uh, kelly lewis too and uh jennifer yep so thank you and there's dorothy hawkins there she is who early this morning donated to the show five dollars and 55 cents need
0: to play that number (laughs) on the lottery thank (laughs) you dorothy
1: absolutely thank you very much for that dorothy if you didn't get my message earlier we really appreciate that that helps us out and pay for all of our streaming services and everything so uh, let's see Dorothy says I share you on X you're pinned to the top of my profile. Oh thank you very much. Yeah, I don't stream to X anymore. Um it seems like streaming to the Facebook page, YouTube and our Facebook group seemed to get the most people engaged. So
0: Yeah, twi- Twitter or X?
1: X, yeah. <laughs>
0: Didn't have a whole lot going on. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Well, some exciting news, some shows coming up here very soon. So next week we got a very exciting guest returning to the show and he always ruffles some people's feathers because of the way he, he talks about the UFO content. Um, but he's an author, a lecturer and a religious demonologist. Yep, That's right. A real religious demonologist. And his name is Nathaniel Gillis. He'll be joining us next Sunday at 8 p.m. And then on February 25th, 2024, at 8 p.m., we'll have returning guest and UAP political activist, Stephen Bassett. He'll be back on to discuss the importance of UAP hearings for 2024. So make sure you join us for these shows. It's going to be full of all kinds of amazing information. So we keep on getting these guests because you guys help support this channel And the more we grow, the more notice we get, the bigger the names that we can have come on.
0: Well, and bring back some of the bigger names, too, because they sparked such uh, controversy or conversation the last time that they were on the show. So,
1: yeah, well, you know, with the government getting involved in all of this UFO, UAP stuff, it's uh, really taking off. And a lot of people are coming forward with their Um, stories about what has happened to them. I I mean, just there's so much. And I think the government, at least the people in the government that are interested are finding out about how far this goes. And they're starting to go down the rabbit hole themselves. And I don't think they're really liking what they see. So, uh, well, we just, that's what we need. Stephen Bassett for We need to have him come in and, and tell us what what's going on behind the scenes.
0: So set some of the rumors straight.
1: Yeah. So tonight we do not have a guest other than us. And so we're going to jump into the topics tonight. Like I said earlier, we have the Ford press release documents about the 1966 UFO flap sighting, whatever you want to call it, that happened here around Dexter and Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, why why would i want to bring this up right now well first of all we were privy or let known they somebody let us know about these documents and they sent them to us about a month and a half ago and i was going through them and these are at the gerald ford um, presidential library but also seems like everything big that happens with ufos here in michigan is in march and march is just right around the corner and Michelle and I had our sighting in 2018 in March. That was March 9th. We had Guy Merritt and the people on the west side of the state have their UFO and triangular craft in 1994 in March. So it's, uh, yeah, just, um, yeah, it, it's just... I I'm sorry. I'm distracted because I see somebody in chat says J Allen Hynek gave a great press release. I remember people booing.
0: Wow. Absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> yes.
1: So, um, very true. And I've got some interviews with the former sheriff of Washington County of that time, ready to go that I want to show you guys when we get into these documents. And also one of his other deputies. So, um, yeah. So, very, very interesting stuff. All right. So, Michelle, do you want to jump into listener communications?
0: I think we need to take a look at this story just to kind of set the ambiance for tonight. Yeah. So, this is from someone who wishes to stay anonymous. So this is from South Haven, Michigan, the summer of 2022. It says, me and my family were camping at Van Buren State Park around the week of July 4th. One night, we decided to walk down to the beach around 11 p.m. despite the park and beach being closed. The weather was warm, overcast, and windy. Lake Michigan was rough. Once we got down to, down to the beach, I was looking southwest and showing my kids, they were 13 and 10 at the time, that the overcast skies, you can actually see the lights of Chicago. As we were looking towards Chicago, I noticed a light appear low under the wa- low over the water. Very hard to judge distance from us to the light. My estimate was halfway between our position and the perceived horizon. To me, it looked like the anchor light of a boat in the distance, but it was stationary. Again, the lake was rough that particular night. As I am watching the first light, I notice a second light appeared directly over the first one. My wife and kids were looking the other direction towards the north. I got their attention and pointed out the second light that had appeared. As we were all looking that direction, the lower light moved up, toward the second light. At that point, the second light disappeared and the first light started moving from our left to the right across the surface of the water at a very fast rate. I said out loud, look at how fast that thing is moving. When the light got to what appeared to be directly in front of us, it made an easterly turn and headed directly toward us. As it got close to us, I told my family to run. The time elapsed between seeing the second light appear and us running maybe 20 to 30 seconds. We ran up the beach stairs across the parking lot and back to the campground. All of us were scared of whatever it was we saw. The object made no noise, had a solid off white light, really no way to judge shape or size, probably because of the distance. Yeah. To this day, it is the only thing I have ever seen that I have no idea what it was. I do know I have never seen anything travel at the speed at which the object was traveling. My wife did try to video it, but the conditions of the video only briefly shows the light move, but there's no background or context to the video. And that's the thing with with phones. Yep. So even the you know the best of the phones, the newer phones that come out, something like this, you know, given the time of day to not always the best quality. We've seen them on social media. We know. Yeah.
1: Yep. So yeah. Um, just another interesting story, 2022. Um, you know, people seeing these things and and we get these things constantly. I mean, there's always something coming in and we we kind of cherry pick some of them to make sure that they are able to be read and understood when we present them here. Um, but again, Michigan seems to really be on fire when it comes to UFOs. And, and maybe toward the end here, we can speculate as to why that may be I have some different ideas jumping around in my head. Um, But again, everybody that's joined us, welcome. Um, We're about to jump into the Ford UFO documents, which were the press releases for him asking for um, help from the Air Force to come and investigate what was going on here in 1966. So let me give everybody a little bit of background. If you guys are ready to jump into this, Michelle, are you ready to jump into this?
0: I'm very much ready to jump all into right. this.
1: Here we go. So first of all, who was Gerald Ford? He was the 38th president of the United States, which started with the resignation of Richard Nixon. <laughs> I'm not a crook. I am not a crook. <laughs> I'm not a crook. You know what's funny, though? Okay, quick sidetrack. Richard Nixon got in trouble for putting bugs in the DNCs because Richard Nixon was a Republican and he was bugging the headquarters of the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, the head of the Democrats. Fast (laughs) forward to... What? 2018 with Trump and Obama and Hillary who was being bugged? Hmm. Hmm. It wasn't Hillary. It wasn't Obama. Oh, that's right. They were bugging Trump tower. Yeah. So Richard Nixon gets impeached and resigns for what he did, but You know, modern days, I guess, you know, if it's the orange man, orange man bad, we must get rid of him at all costs, even if it's illegal. I mean, come on, it's right there for everybody to see. But let's continue, shall we? So he started as president of the United States when Richard Nixon resigned and then ended his presidency in uh, January 20th, 1977, with a narrow loss to Jimmy Carter who only was a one-term president at the time. Ford was born in 1913 in Nebraska, but grew up where?
0: Grand, Grand Rapids, Rapids, Michigan.
1: Yes. So he then served as in Congress as a representative of Michigan's 5th Congressional District for 25 years. So another one of those uh, incumbent, you know, politicians, career politicians, so... I'm never a fan of those. Sorry, guys. If you're, if you're fans of career politicians, good for you. I don't care what party they are, but anyways. All right. So what we're going to go over to cover is this, his press releases, which I find very interesting having read them. And, uh, and by the way, while I'm doing this, Michelle is kind of keeping an eye on chat and she will interrupt and post things and, and she's running the show over there from her side of the, the thing, because I'm trying to read a lot. So the press conferences, as they pertain to the 1966 UFO sightings and go through them with some of the, com- some of our commentary and some video clips of witnesses that were interviewed by the university of Michigan for their YouTube channel called Michigan online. So I will put the link to this mini documentary that they put together about this. Um, and it's different than the one that some of you might be familiar with. I think it's called UFOs over the Arb or something like that, like Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something different. It's like a little eight-minute blurb that gives a summary of everything that happened, but I had some really good interviews, which I'm going to show. So here's the quick summary. So Frank Manor and his family reported seeing lights and UFOs, one of which that possibly landed in their field. College students, local police, and sheriff deputies, along with the sheriff, also reported and saw these craft. This got to be so out of hand that at one point, Selfridge Air National Guard Base in Mount Clemens, Michigan, dispatched two fighter craft, which gave chase to these UFOs. They tracked them and gave chase, but... Our top fighters at the time, I think they were F-106s, they were very fast, but these UFOs, whatever they were, I think Colonel Carroll, who was one of the pilots, described it as some type of a disc, left our fighters in just in the dust, left them behind. Now, if you want more information about what happened, there's a book out written by Raymond Szymanski, and it's a great title for a book. It's called Swamp Gas My Ass. So check out that book. He go, He's a great researcher, and he really dove deep into the whole swamp gas incident. So grab that book if you can. Um, many, so many people, though, complained in 1966, in March of 1966, that it got the attention of... Uh, Gerald Ford, who was the representative for Michigan's fifth district and Sheriff Harvey kept asking for help from the feds and they just kept ignoring him. So he contacted his congressional rep at the time, Vivian J. Weston. So that's when a formal request to the air force and then enters the famous and infamous I mean, he kind of changed his tone, but, you know, Dr. J. Allen Hynek was brought in. J. Allen Hynek started with the government helping look at these UFO things in a project called Project Sign. Project Sign later transformed into what is called Project Blue Book. Okay. So that's where all of this kind of falls into place. And then, Jay Allen Hynek was the guy who then went into the, the press club and gave the explanation that what everybody was seeing was swamp gas. And that just blew everything up and also shut down all the conversation that was happening. All right. So that's, that's kind of the TLDR of everything that went on. But what's really interesting is the paper trail that is found in and let me i'm gonna bring this up so i want you guys to see these scans all right let me make this look halfway decent here there we go so these scans this is from the original documents are located in box d9 folder Ford press releases UFO 1966, and these are the Ford congressional papers. All right. So very interesting stuff that they actually released and scanned these for everybody to see. So now what's very interesting is the timing of this stuff. All right. So when we look at this, we're going to start on March 25th, 1966. And here's what this says. And I'm going to go to the kind of the type like copied version. It's a little bit easier to read them with the writing on it. It says house minority leader, Gerald R Ford, Republican Michigan today sent the attached letter to the chairman and ranking Republican members of the house committees on armed services and science and astronautics urging that one committee or the other investigate su- the subject of unidentified flying objects or UFOs. Ford is not satisfied with the Air Force explanation of the recent sightings in Michigan and describes the swamp gas version given by astrophysicist J. Allen Hynek as flippant. Ford has received a number of telegrams and letters from individuals anxious to see congressional investigation of UFOs. So this starts, and what I want to do is go back to this first one. So this was the that was the twenty sixth or the twenty eighth, the twenty fifth. This is this is right before I think it's before Heinick, yeah. This is a day before Heinick gave his response, or of or his explanation as to what it is. And then I got to show you guys this little bit of his interview. So House Minority Leader Gerald R. Ford today proposed that Congress investigate the rash reporting or reported sightings of unidentified flying objects in southern Michigan and other parts of the country. So this was going on all over. Ford said he believed a congressional inquiry would be worthwhile because the American people are becoming alarmed by the UFO stories. He noted that the Air Force investigators have been checking on such reports for years but have came up with nothing conclusive. Then it says here in the light of these new sightings and incidents, Ford said it would be a very wholesome thing for a committee of the Congress to conduct a number of hearings and to call responsible witnesses from the executive branch of the government and witnesses who say they have sighted these objects. I think the American people would feel better if there was a full blown investigation of these incidents. So here is what Sheriff Harvey, who was the sheriff of Washington County, had to say. So I'm gonna switch my screen here while Michelle says something to you guys.
0: I'm waiting for the <laughs> the part where they uh the with the college students as far as mm. insinuating that they were lying or made it made it up or maybe drinking too much on campus and
1: all right. So, so you got
0: to,
1: you got to picture what's going on. This was the 25th, 26th of March. About the beginning of March, all of these sightings were happening and it wasn't just one night. This was going on for a long time. Now news was traveling kind of slow, not as fast as it does today, but this got Vivian involved. Uh, Well, not Vivian. The last name is uh, Wilson, I think. Anyways, but Ford involved. So this is now the sheriff and what he had to say about what was going
2: on. My men seen most of the UFOs. The reports came to me naturally. In the morning when I read the reports about a UFO being sighted by this one and that one and somebody different. And in fact, one of my officers, uh, I remember him coming in and he took some pictures of the UFO.
0: Sheriff's corp. All right.
1: So Harvey is getting these reports, not just from people. He's getting these reports from his own officers and local police officers. All right. So We have this timeline getting established that that all of these people are seeing this stuff and they don't know what it is. And even the one sheriff took a picture of it. So now we have all these pictures and things. So now I'm going to move to the next part of this. So the 28th, once again, this was where J. Allen Hynek is basically called flippant. Right. So I'm going to move to the next interview here. Next section of this, these interviews, which is the deputy, one of the deputies talking about local police confirming the reports of these UFOs. So I just need to find it right.
0: And it looks like Nain, and oh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, said, I think I heard that the Air Force wanted to shut down the whole Dexter, Ann Arbor area as soon as possible and discredit it all, which would make sense. You had way too many witnesses at the time.
1: Yep, that sounds about right. <clears throat> Okay, so let me share this. This was the drawing that the one deputy that also took the picture said that these craft look like. A very famous picture. I mean, it's been in the news and stuff for years, you know, whenever this comes up. And you can see he's, you know, saying these are antennas, lights, quilted surface, yada, yada. I mean, he doesn't know if those were antenna, but something hanging down from this, right? Okay. So now let's go into what this deputy had to say.
2: Actually, when I got home, I, later that evening, I heard a report from a college student, what, 50 miles away seeing UFOs out their window. And it was confirmed by the local police officers. So it was
1: confirmed By the local police. So 50 miles away. All right. 50 miles away. College students were seeing this stuff and the police confirmed that they were seeing this. All right. So we're establishing all of this stuff. Michelle, what do you think? What's going on? Is it college pranks?
0: No, too many of them. Would would police officers
1: engage in... Pranks. I guess that's the question Well, and
0: here's the thing. The two police officers that we just watched, these were the ones out of these are sheriffs. This is the one. The last one
1: was the sheriff's deputy. One of the sheriff's deputies, and the first one was the sheriff of Washington County. He's the, the main guy.
0: The question is did any of the police from the Hillsdale Hillsdale area come forward and talk as well? Did they see something? Mm. or did they just take the word of the college students that's well there's the one who took the picture Well, (laughs) there
1: right i mean this this gets really bizarre how all of this kind of plays out
0: and turns but it's swamp gas
1: yeah yeah but it is it's literally like it's almost like a a a drama playing out so
0: swamp gas puts objects in the sky right. don't you know this is where Heinick
1: just falls on his face this is you guys are going to love this and this is right you got to listen carefully but the sheriff just in, in today's time we would say put hynick on blast right here all right everybody check this out
2: so when he got here, we got in my car, we went to Dexter because this farmer had a sighting in his backyard. We got there and here, we, we like I say we, Professor Heideck and myself observed the grass, matted down in a long, big circle where something had landed there and is gone. And this is what that farmer reported, that this object came there, it landed, for a few minutes and so on and then took off so Heine- alright so hmm.
1: alright that's not putting Heineck on blast yet that is where Heineck was taken to the basically the scene of the crime okay so things are getting weirder hmm. mm-hmm. now. unfortunately I think the date on Heineck showing up there was like the 25th Okay, let's see. Uh, Nain says, Swamp Gas, if it catches fire, doesn't raise hundreds of feet in the air and fly off, nor does it get picked up by radar. Touche. And chased by (laughs) advanced fighter jets for the time, which the pilots then turned around, and at least the the lead pilot of the intercepting uh, squadron, the two fighters, said, was this shape and left them in the dust and they couldn't do anything about it. So, all right, let me go to my notes. Once yeah. And again. let's
0: not talk about drones back in the sixties. No. At least they didn't try to say no. that.
1: I don't even think like remote, remote controlled aircraft were a thing at all, like as a hobbyist or anything. I, I think that technology wasn't even there yet. All right. So I got to get to four. 27 in this all right (laughs) and the reason i'm laughing is because sheriff harvey harvey just puts it out there i love this all right bringing this back on this is the narrator of the university of michigan's documentary but check this out
2: explanation for the whole thing swamp gas I swamp gas a few minutes ago. You didn't know what it was, but now you know that it's swamp gas because you talked to Washington. He says, I was told to say this pause. (laughs) Exactly what she's doing is what I did when I
1: first heard that. (laughs) A few minutes ago, you didn't know what it was, but now that you talked to Washington, now you know what it is. All right, here you go.
2: One more time. A amiss at all. In I fact, he devised a tidy explanation for the whole thing. Swamp gas. I, swamp gas. A few minutes ago, you didn't know what it was, but now you know that it's swamp gas because you talked to Washington. He says, I was told to say this. A Mar- I was told to say this. That was
0: a sheep comment. It, now. Whoo.
1: He was told to say this, he had his press conference. Let me look at my notes again. So on March 25th, 1966, he gives his press conference. Okay. This is the 26th. Now remember the 28th, I already read you the, the paper, uh, the news release where Ford calls his explanation as flippant. All right. So, take it for what it is, but here's, here's what really went down. Once again, I am hitting, trying to find the exact right spot for you guys. Here we go.
2: Swamp areas. I've had many, many letters pointing out that, um, they, as children on the farm had had many experiences with swamp lights and that this was obviously the thing that it was, and they couldn't understand why the people in Michigan got so excited over swamp lights. And the illusion of motion frequently is given by the fact that a little bit of swamp light appears here, it goes out, another one appears over here, that goes out. and, and But the illusion, as viewed from a distance, is that the objects have moved back and forth. And sometimes this gas will <laughs> gather into a ball and actually float away. <laughs>
1: I've got to laugh at that, but see, when he was saying that people didn't know what he told the sheriff at the time, that's the thing, right? We're so used to information and knowing everything that was going, that's going on constantly. We're an information overload, but nobody knew the conversation that he had with Harvey with Sheriff Harvey. He told Harvey straight up that's what Washington told me to say. And that destroyed the conversation and further investigations into what was going on here in Michigan. Now, according to Ray Szymanski in his book, one of the key things that was going on here in Michigan, well, all over the world was the Red Scare. Okay. We were worried that the Russians were going to come over the North Pole and launch nuclear weapons and bombs. We had nuclear weapons here in Michigan all around Detroit to protect Detroit because this is where we built tanks. The Warren
0: tank plant was huge. So is the Wayne... the the Wayne truck plant. They were building tanks it's, there as well.
1: Yeah, and we're the motor city. In an instant, we can be retooled to build weapons of war. We're, we're, we're like the industrial giant for the United States. So we had nuclear missile sites. There, they were called Nike missile sites all around southeast Michigan. I, th- I think they're all decommissioned now. We don't we don't need them. But The, the idea is, and I think my theory is as well, I kind of believe this is that these things were, well, they're interested in our water. I mean, we, we talked to Jack Bouchon about this. They're interested in the water, the deep lakes, the fresh lakes, very cold in March where the water is just about ready to freeze there have been plenty of reports of these things hovering over the water and drawing the water up out of the lakes where it's not frozen, and then some reports of them spraying water back down into the lake. Whatever you know, whatever they would need it for, my guess is is some type of coolant cooling or whatever. Now. My, my thought is, is that they saw all of these nuclear sites being put up around Southern Michigan and we're investigating it. And the locals didn't know there were missile sites at all. So why would the air force be interested? I mean, this is what you got to ask yourself. Why would the air force tell a professor of what was he astrophysics to say this, to cover up the fact that they've got something investigating our top weaponry at the time. (laughs) That is one of the only things on top of our natural resources that they're probably interested in. All right. That they would want to be here for.
0: Well, here's the thing. And Dorothy said it straight up. Everybody relied upon the authorities to tell them, you know, what was what back then because we trusted them. Yep. It it was a trust factor. You didn't have ways to really research. It was either the news that came on television at night. It was, you know, the newspaper, if you had your hand, you know, bought one of those or had a subscription. Um, Well said going to the library, all you're going to be able to do is study things of the the past.
1: Yeah. Yep. You know, it, it's kind of like uh, the whole COVID thing, right? Give up some of your freedom to be safe. That's what people were doing back then. They were so worried about the Soviets and nuclear weapons. We saw what nuclear weapons could do. People
0: would do whatever
1: to be safe.
0: Right. Well, I'm thinking even of our childhood, You know, and we were born past 66 and all of this with, you know, Heineck and what happened in Dexter. I'm thinking even, you know, 70s into the 80s. When was the first time you started playing around with a computer? I mean, I still have the stupid AOL dial-up sound going in my head every now and then. Because that was the first time, well, high school, but what, a floppy disk? I don't think I actually got onto the internet until I was in my 20s. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. I I think my first real computer was like a Commodore 64, and I remember having to spend close to a hundred dollars back in the early '80s to get a floppy disk drive instead of a a tape cassette. Because you used to do basic programming, pages and pages of typing in. That's how I learned to type when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Type in, in basic code, and my coders and and you know computer nerds out there know exactly what I'm talking about. You type in this huge basic lines of code, pages and pages out of these magazines to make a ball bounce on the screen like this, doom, doom, you know. And then when you wanted to save it, you had to save it and write it to. At the time, to have anything at home was a cassette tape. And it would record on the cassette tape, a little cassette, right. Which would foul up all the time, all of the time. It always, all that work you did, you mess up one little piece of code or that, that tape would fail. And then I remember the first floppy drives, you know, five and a quarter inch disc drive, you know, disc floppy disc, very thin that would go into a drive or a drive. That was about the size of a shoebox to get like 500 and what was it? 524 K of data.
0: You realize that all of us are showing our age now. This yeah. is, this is hilarious because yep. even the talk of the Commodore 64, I even yep. think to my first video game system, it was an odyssey two. I think mine,
1: mine was a Atari 2600 for games. So before Atari,
0: Atari, I had an Odyssey 2. The highlight was the word game where it had a word. It would scramble it. And then you had to figure <laughs> it out. Or the helicopter game where literally it was the same thing. The helicopter from the top of the roof went over to the right, went down, picked someone up, took yep. them back up, back over to the top of the building. I mean, that was it.
1: Hey, Blue Crossroads. Hey, Blue Crossroads says that my first computer was a Commodore 64. Yep. And it was called a Commodore 64 because it had 64K of memory built in. And we were like, whoa, how cool is that? But see, we were raised on that technology, you know? So.
0: No, I was, I seriously think I was in 11th grade of high school. So you figure that was 91. The first time I touched a computer and it was in Mr. Han's class. (laughs) And when you went to go print something out, no joke, it was that blue and white paper that had the holes along the side with like the perforation that you would go ahead and like rip off once you
1: 300 baud acoustic modem. Yeah, you had to dial the number.
0: Oh, well,
1: and then look at that movie with uh, Broadwick. Was it Matthew Broadwick?
0: War games? Oregon. Would you like, like to, to play, play a game? game? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oregon Trail. Oregon. <laughs> Intergalactic. I was just yeah. thinking about that game the other day. Yes. No joke. Yep. But Oregon Trail was even more interesting than the helicopter game on Odyssey 2
1: zork was the first game offered for the commodore 64 that's right and i never had that game of all the games that i had i never had that one i remember sitting there when MicroPros came out with the f-15 fighter simulator it was horrible it was a triangle going over (laughs) a green screen and you're trying to drop bombs at the right point you know stuff it was just you
0: know, but look at look at where we've come. Oh, my God. Look at where we've come. I mean, come on. We got the Internet just in the palm of our hand. I love it.
1: We have more we have more technology in our cell phones right now that than what took humans to the moon. If you believe they went to the moon. I mean, but let's not. Let's not go there. That's a yeah, different conspiracy for something else. Yeah. And look at what Tabin says. Printer go
0: squeeze.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The dot matrix printers. It sounded like you were having a uh band
0: drum core in your in your room. I don't know what was better. <laughs> that or the smell of rizzo ink.
1: Yeah, look at Nane says, you know, <laughs> one terabyte thumb drive. Yeah. 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 I mean it it's it's now it's solid solid state drives i mean super fast it's ridiculous this of course. is where
0: if any of my students are watching this tonight they're like dang she really is old well they don't even know what we're talking about no they have
1: well you talk about a vhs cassette <laughs> they look at you like
0: i like the that? i like the memes that says people will get it uh, old people get this and it's like a cassette tape and a pencil laying next to it and i'm like yeah. oh yeah I totally remember that yeah yeah all right they don't know the phrase be kind rewind all right so let's <laughs> so
1: i'm going to that let's i want to jump back to the pdf here
0: break eight tracks where it were the bomb the eight tracks they were
1: awesome now isn't it funny now that people are going retro to get that scratchy sound of the vinyl yeah very interesting okay so let's jump back here so now we had hynek give his bs speech it's swamp gas we have gerald ford calling it flippant all right so we continue on On the 28th, this is a letter that was written by Ford and he's writing it to representative George P Miller, chairman of the science and astronautics or astronautic committee and representative L Mendel rivers, chairman of the armed services committee. So these people were, were very up to speed. Oh, and look at that, Michelle.
0: Hey, thank you, Alfie. Alfie Joe, We Bob. see you.
1: Thank you for the super chat. We really appreciate that, man. Um, so he writes, dear Chairman Miller and Rivers, no doubt you have noted the recent flurry of newspaper stories about unidentified flying objects, also known as UFOs. I've taken special interest in these accounts because many of the latest reported sightings have been in my home state of Michigan. Dun, dun, dun. Right. The Air Force sent a consultant, astrophysicist Dr. J. Allen Hynek of the Northwestern University to Michigan to investigate the various reports, and he dismissed all of them as the product of college student pranks or swamp gas or an impression created by the rising crescent moon and the planet Venus. That's the one that gets me the most right there but I do not agree that all of these reports can be or should be so easily explained away because I think there may be substance to some of these reports. And because I believe the American people are entitled to a more thorough explanation than has been given to them by the air force to date, I am proposing that either the science and astronautics, committee or the armed services committee of the house schedule hearings on the subject of UFOs and invite testimony. This sound, doesn't this all sound familiar people house scheduled hearings on the subject of UFOs and invite testimony from both the executive branch of the government and some of the persons who claim to have seen UFOs. I enclose material, which I think will be helpful to you in assessing the advisability of an investigation of UFOs. May I first call your attention, I think I am supposed to say, to a column of Roskew Drummond published last last Sunday in which Mr. Drummond says, maybe all these reported sightings are whimsical, imaginary, or unreal, but we need a more credible and detached appraisal of the evidence, that we are getting people. I'm telling you, we are seeing a repeat of history and it's not that history repeats itself. Humans do. And when you don't know history, you're going to do the same damn mistakes that humans did back then. This is the exact example of what I'm talking about. All right. Mr. Drummond goes on to state we need to get all the data drawn together to one place and examine far more objectively than anyone has done so far. A stable public opinion will come from a trustworthy (laughs) look at the evidence, not from belittling it. So obviously I don't think Ford was aware of how much the government was involved in this stuff since 1947. I mean, that just, to me, this is all the same stuff that we're seeing today. All right. Don't belittle it. Uh, we need it all into one, all the information into one place. Uh we need to hear testimony. Would what we have recently? Grush, Fravor, and uh Ryan Graves giving testimony. I mean, this is this is just a repeat of the same stuff. And now uh, We have the Arrow office, who now is vacated by the guy who was running it, Kirkpatrick. So I don't know if they have announced who's taking it over yet or not. But anyways, let's continue. The time has come for the president or Congress to name an objective and respected panel. <laughs> <laughs> now wait till they... Wait till you... Now, this is just a little history lesson.
0: Insert the sneakers. Well, wait,
1: (laughs) wait. And and everybody knows the punchline to this. Who they get (laughs) to be on this respected panel to investigate and appraise and report on all present and future evidence about what is going on. I agree fully with Mr. Drummond's statement. I also suggest you scan the enclosed series of six articles by Buckley Griffin of the Griffin Larrabee news Bureau here in the last of his articles published last January. Mr. Griffin says a main conclusion can be briefly stated. It is that the air force is misleading the public by its continuing campaign to produce and maintain belief that all sightings can be explained away. As misidentification of familiar objects such as balloons, stars, and aircraft. What did Fitzpatrick say? Most of this stuff is balloons, stars, familiar objects, and aircraft. That's what he said just last year. Um, Let's see. I have just today received a number of telegrams urging a congressional investigation of UFOs. One is from retired Air Force Colonel Harold R. Brown arm Ardmore, Tennessee, who says I have seen UFO will be available to testify. That sounds like (laughs) that sounds like a colonel from the air force. I was going
0: to say, I
1: have seen UFO will be available to testify, sir. All right. Another from Mrs. Ethel M. Davis, Eugene, Oregon, reads, nine out of ten people want truth of UFOs. Press your investigation to its fullest. All right. So (laughs) all of this is a repeat. So that's March 28th. What's this next one? March 28th. Oh, this is page two. You guys will love these. All right. Ronald Collier of Los Angeles, who identifies himself as a scientist from MIT, urges that you do everything in your power to make Air Force Project Blue Book uh, the AF name for its study. And I think it's supposed to be the Air Force's name for its study. Oh, yeah. Project Blue Book of study and verdicts on UFO reports known to the people. So I'll make it public. Are we to assume that everyone who says he has seen UFOs is an unreliable witness? A UPI story out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, dated March 21st, 1966, states that at least 40 persons, including 12 policemen, said today that they saw a strange flying object guarded by four sister ships land in a swamp near here Sunday night. Matt Searle of station WJR Detroit cites an eyewitness account of a recent UFO sighting by Emily Grenier of Ann Arbor, an aeronautical engineer employed by the Ford Motor Company. He points out that an aeronautical engineer can hardly be considered an untrustworthy witness. David Fravor, a fighter jet pilot, is he going to lie? Some people will say yes. I don't think so. In the firm belief that the American public deserves a better explanation than that thus far given by the Air Force, I strongly recommend that there be a committee investigation of the UFO phenomenon. I think we owe it to the people to establish credibility regarding UFOs and to produce the greatest possible enlightenment on this subject. Kindest personal regards. Sincerely, Gerald R. Ford.
0: Traveling near New Boston, Michigan? Hungry? Well, then, you need to check out New Boston Coney and Grill Tucked Away at 37005 here on River Drive. With daily specials, homemade soups and desserts, and a staff that makes you feel like family, you will not be disappointed. Give them a try for dine-in or carry-out at 734-606-5313. You can find their page, including their menu, on Facebook. Bon Appetit! Hey, everybody.
1: Doesn't this sound familiar? This is all the same
0: stuff. It's going on today? Uh, this has been recycling itself through the 70s, through the 80s, during the Reagan administration. I mean, you figure during the Reagan administration is when Space Force was forming. Yep. So. All right. So <laughs> we're
1: we're going to April. So that was March 28th. Michelle, did you have something?
0: No, it, oh, okay. it seems like the cats have found my microphone and <laughs> I just kind of looked and my eyes kind of focused in on one single hair.
1: <laughs> the cats, we have a we have a tribe of cats here or a pride I guess yeah, we should Maine
0: say. And they they seem to have missed the keep public informed part.
1: Yeah. Yeah, All because that- they shut that they shut that shit down, didn't
0: they? <laughs> oh, that goes back to what we were talking about in chat earlier with, you know, lifelong, um, you know, politicians as far as what they're really in it for. Yeah. Because it can't be the people that they're expect or supposed to serve, you know, the people that elect them in. I mean, at least the, the large percentage. There are a few. Yeah. I mean, there's that small handful that they, I mean. They they do have good intentions, um, yeah. But the most that I've ever encountered, it is all about them, and it is very apparent right from the get go. And for some people, for the for the masses, people tend to put blinders on and just continue to you know vote them in. Well, I won't say any particular names, but initials R T
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Michigan. Mm -hmm.
0: Man, and she's hit the newspapers again, too, as far as uh, some uh, sketchy vote. and, And you know what? These people are so,
1: and hopefully you're a good politician if you happen to hear this. I doubt any politician will. And hopefully you at least think you're doing the right thing. Okay. But you guys are so entrenched. And looking at this as a career that all you care about is getting in there and having power. And you don't really even understand what's going on behind the scenes. And especially look at this stuff with UFOs. Obviously Ford didn't know about the involvement of the air force into this stuff. Maybe he heard whispers and stuff, but it didn't become real until the people started screaming What are you guys going to do about this? This is a threat. Sounds familiar. We could have planes running into these things. Sounds familiar. All right. So let's move on to April 3rd, 1966. Statement by House Minority Leader Gerald R. Ford, Republican of Michigan. And those of you that are in chat, I see the chat moving and I got to focus on the the document over here. No,
0: it's fine. We're having and, our own conversation good, over here in chat. Good. I'll pull out stuff. It, I'm when needed. Yeah, I, I do like the, the Republican... I just wanted to
1: answer some of the people, and I know they probably want me to say something, but
0: nope, I I agree with the the whole Republican and Dems called the Uniparty.
1: The Uniparty, absolutely, because it's all That's it's it all became. about you.
0: You, I you, told you the the last Democrat. What do I always say? The last true Democrat was Kennedy. Thank you.
1: Yeah, they assassinated him, didn't they? Yeah. (laughs) I think Kennedy today would probably be considered a Republican and probably a racist. I don't know. So. uh, Anyways. Yeah. I mean, he's who's who's the new Kennedy right now who's trying Mm. to run as an independent because his own party the Democrats, he's a Democrat. And because he had a reaction to the vaccine and has spoken out against it, but doom, he's done, you know? So now he's got to run as an independent. And, and unfortunately that's too bad for him. You know, well,
0: you know, uh, canceled. <laughs> Rick brings up something. Uh, it says, you know, I don't know how Wayne and Michelle feel after seeing a true craft, but since my interactions, Almost all talk or reports of UFOs are not that interesting. Life is not the same after that last sentence. Is a hundred percent Rick. It's not the same. Um, every now and then I mean, most of the stories that we read or we hear, I am fascinated by other people's stories. So, um, as far as the life not being the same old one, we started the Facebook group. two, um, I was very afraid to talk to people at work about it. In fact, there is only one person in my work that I have truly had the conversation with and went into details. Um, I have not felt that comfortable enough to talk to other people without having an eyebrow raised. Hence why we did the Facebook group, why we you know, we do the show, um. now once a week
2: mm-hmm. and
0: are able to talk to, you know, a community of people that, you know, we trust talking to, even though we haven't met you.
1: Yeah. Um. No, it, it's a hundred percent correct. Life
0: is not the same.
1: I, I totally agree.
0: And Diane, I'll tell Wayne later uh, as far as what's up. Okay. So based um, on the comment, but yeah, I mean, After my hopes. Seeing,
1: well, let let me. I want to react to to Rick.
0: I want to uh, see another one.
1: I want to see another one too. I don't want to feel that terror that I felt when I received that message of "get away, you don't belong here, get away." Um, I think that through my thyroid and everything into. That started the downward spiral, which seems to have now reversed itself. So I don't have to take my meds anymore. We'll see how that goes. Um, I do. I would like to see another one. I just want to know what the hell this is and what's going on. Is this the same stuff that's been reported for thousands of years, but guised as angels and demons and being kidnapped by Faye and succubus and all of this stuff? Is that? Is it the same? Well, we got Nathaniel Gillis coming on next week, the demonologist, religious demonologist. We're going to delve into that again. Some people really get their their panties in a knot when you start comparing the two, when religion and UFOs and aliens get brought into everything. It could be two separate things. It could be the same thing. Who knows? Um, and that's what I want to know. Just uh, my curiosity will probably get me killed like a cat at some point. But. um, Well, for the longest time, we thought that the men in black were going to show up at the door. Yeah. yeah. But to his point about and Michelle, you hit on this about uh, almost all talk or reports of UFOs are not that interesting. I agree and I disagree. I agree when it comes from the mainstream media. And I hate, I hate to say that, but it's so sensationalized. Okay. I just, but when it comes from somebody that you can look them in the eye and we talk to plenty of people before we even go live that are our guests and I can look at them and usually it's the ones that do not have a good experience, right? There are hippie space brothers here to warn us about blowing up the planet. Those ones, I lift the eyebrow, right? I'm like, "Mm." but the ones that tell me that it didn't go so well, they did nasty stuff to them. They injured them. They put something in them. They took eggs. They might've taken a child or implanted a child. Those are the ones. And when I can see the emotion coming out of these people before you guys do, those are the ones. That I take note of and I put more credibility in because like Michelle said, this was something we were, we sat on,
0: um, for a
1: while before we even started the Facebook group. We, we sat on that for a few days and then we started the Facebook group and we didn't do the podcast for three years. Yeah. 2021. Yes, we saw the the UFO in two thousand and eighteen, and about five days after we saw it, we just started a Facebook group. Has anybody seen any of this? Here's our story. We're at seven thousand people now on our Facebook group well, seven
0: thousand and that's because even at the time that we were traveling ford road two seventy five there were cars that were traveling by us. So we started the Facebook group trying to track down any of those folks. Yeah. Yeah. Which. So,
1: you know, and I know we've had people talk shit about us and you family members. Oh, you're crazy. You guys are doing drugs. You know, we're hallucinating. Except,
0: except my family. My, except yours. Seen my stuff. family <laughs> started. Well, you know, when I was 13, this happened. Or, you know, I remember when this happened to me, it was like, God, I'm like, where have you guys been with these stories all my life? So, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's.
1: I think what we can do with our technology in this show and other shows like this is we can blow the lid off the, the stigmatism as much as we can. Right. We can get people to get out there and say, hey. Tell your story. Get it off your chest. Other people have probably had the same experience. All right, get it out there. It might help you, but does it get us any further in figuring out what the hell's going on? Maybe, but at least it takes care of the psychological stigma of dealing with this stuff.
0: Because wait, wait a second. Okay because what was the stigma for anyone who ever came out and talked about aliens or spacecraft? So for at least for our generation, I go back to like independence day, those films where who was it that they interviewed about seeing the craft? It was always the guy who had the wife beater on, the drunk, the beer in hand, yep. living in a trailer park, yep. talking about the aliens and the UFOs—that is the stigmatism.
1: Oh, and don't forget, he's got the the not tinfoil a tin hat,
0: not even a tin foil hat. So, not—I um, mean, at least not well, in think this about representation. The movie Signs. So, well, yeah, that was the tin right? foil hat. Um, M. Night Shyamalan, Ding Dong. Okay. I love that movie, though. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. It's but very, the last
1: thing you want to do is put tinfoil on your head that acts as a conductor. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, but so. <laughs> I mean, but that's the stigma. I mean, that's the stigma that we have always seen.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. mean,
0: that's what people had to get past. And then in the 90s, it was do, 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 you know, X Files. I was right? going to say that sounded more like the Jeopardy theme. Well, I'm like, ooh, are we going to play yeah. some trivia?
1: yeah all right so let's go on to april 3rd let's see what this has to say so as i expected some persons this is from ford again on april 3rd as i had expected some persons have ridiculed my call for a congressional investigation of unidentified u unidentified flying objects or ufos these people are a fraction of those who have given me their reaction to my proposal The overwhelming majority of those expressing a view in letters to me believe a congressional investigation would be useful and is needed. Those who scoff at the idea of a congressional investigation of UFOs apparently are unaware that the House Armed Services Committee has scheduled a closed-door hearing. Get in (laughs) a skiff, guys. On the matter Tuesday with the Air Force. Hold on, I need to take a drink. Okay. Closed door hearing on the matter Tuesday with the Air Force and that rep Joseph E. Carth, Democrat of Minnesota, headed a three-man subcommittee, which held two days of hush-hush hearings five years ago on behalf of the House Science and Astronomic, or Astronautics Committee. Carth has confirmed in conversation with a member of my staff that he conducted these secret hearings. Yes. 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 The present science and astronautics committee chairman rep, George P Miller, Democrat of California has shed, has shed. Is that shed? What is that? Has you're what? asking somebody right,
0: who needs to go back right and, there.
1: Is that shielded? Was it supposed to be shielded? And it's a typo. I don't, I don't know what the hell that word's supposed to be. <laughs> his, Somebody's uh, secretary failed.
0: Uh, yeah, it probably shed, but they, um, they, shed, mis- yeah.
1: they misspelled it. Maybe it hid, I don't know. Hit away from a UFO probe at this time. Slid, maybe it's slid, slid away from a UFO probe at this time saying his committee does not have jurisdiction over the air force. Okay. But the late rep Overton Brooks, Democrat of Louisiana, obviously had different ideas because he tapped Carth to summon Air Force witnesses and question them after a flurry of UFO sightings in 1961. Dun, dun, dun. So see, Ford now is finding out that behind the scenes, this stuff has been going on for years. Carth has informed me that his subcommittee made an oral report to the full committee, but never released anything to the public. Hmm. According to Charles F. Dukander, the committee's staff director, no record was made of conversation between Carth subcommittee members and Air Force witnesses. The hearings, he said, took place in Carth's congressional office. All right. I have never said that I believe any of the reported UFO sightings indicate visits to Earth from another planet. Apart from pranks and natural phenomenon, some of these objects may well be products of experimentation by our own military. If this is so, why doesn't the Air Force concede it and in this way reassure the American people? Oh, the black triangles are TR-3Bs. The hell they are. You don't do those things over populated areas and break every FAA law and regulation out there. Sorry, I'll never believe it unless I can go to the airport and see one. There would be no need to go into detail on the nature of the experiments. All right. So a couple weeks go by April 21st shied oh straw dog says it was shied okay
0: <laughs> yeah i couldn't see exactly what you were trying to point as out them like, they it had it as
1: h i e d
0: yeah that's shied
1: yeah all right got it all right so another statement from uh mr ford on april 21st 1966 the air force has informed me it is arranging for a study of high caliber scientists <laughs> of some of the ufo sightings which have never been explained this study will be placed under contract soon after july 1st Uh uh-oh contract money's involved uh start of the new fiscal year it will be carried out by a university problem number strike number two which has Uh, No close ties with the Air Force so that the findings will be completely objective. Air Air Force officials tell me (laughs) where are we going with this? Okay, so remember, they said no ties to the Air Force. Those people engaged in the study will be high caliber scientists who have never taken a position on UFOs, the Air Force said. It will be made clear to them that they are not Being hired to come up with findings in support of previous Air Force statements regarding UFO, I am informed. (laughs) The Air Force said there is too much effort involved to ask these scientists to make this study without pay. Okay, that's fair. If you do any kind of work, you should be paid for it. Gotcha. The report will definitely be made public. The Air Force assured me that they did do. Because I know what this report is. The whole purpose of this study is to clear the air as far as the public is concerned. This, of course, was my purpo- uh, was my propose, or my purpose, sorry, in recent requesting that public hearings on the subject of UFOs be conducted by either the House Armed Services Committee or the House Science and Astronautics Committee. It was a result of my call for congressional investigations that the Air Force now is arranging for a study of UFOs by top flight scientists not connected in any way with the Air Force. Now, remember, this is April 21st. This is almost a month after Heinick said swamp gas. All right. <laughs> here is the news release Air Force selects University of Colorado to investigate unidentified flying object reports The University of Colorado Boulder Colorado has been selected by the Air Force to conduct what's in what's in
0: Colorado
1: Air Force bases man like the top Air Force bases and now what we call Space Force
0: and Denver Air Denver Airport, where things oh, yeah. are already questionable. Wait a minute, where's NORAD? I should know this. You should.
1: Isn't NORAD and in... all right? Michelle, look that up. Pull that up. NORAD,
0: N O R A D. Okay. Location. So N O R A D. Now, while <laughs> we are sharing this, I, see I would
1: people know the punchline. See, I already, I already knew this group would know. The punchline, <laughs> right? Near color
0: scientist. <laughs> okay, no, it's located in Peterson Space Force Base in El Paso County near Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs>
1: say that. <laughs> say that. Where is NORAD located? Just
0: don't ask me to say it ten times fast. Go ahead. Um, El Paso County near Colorado Springs, Colorado.
1: Yeah, because there's going to be nobody affiliated with the Air Force that goes to the University of Colorado Boulder. All right. Ah. So they have been selected by the Air Force to conduct independent investigation into unidentified flying objects, UFO reports. Now, again, this is a month after, or this is October 7th, but that first letter, the letter right before this was almost a month to the day of the swamp gas right? Heineck came in, shut everything down. So whatever happens after that, it's not going to get coverage. It's not going to get coverage. So now they bring in the University of Colorado. Here we go. A research agreement valued at approximately $300,000 is being negotiated with the university by the Air Force Office of Scientific Research to analyze phenomenon associated with UFO sightings and to make Recommendations on the Air Force's methods of investigating and evaluating UFO reports, a program known as Project Blue Book. A report is expected to be made to the Air Force in early 1968. Here it comes. Dr. Edward U. Condon, not to be confused with Condom, will direct the scientific phases of the work while. Robert J. Lowe will serve as project coordinator. Principal investigators working with Dr. Condon should just call him Dr. Condom because he was a dick. Will be Dr. Franklin E. Roche and Dr. Stuart W. Cook. All right. Everybody. Okay. I'm just going to stop there because everybody at this point knows the punchline and what happened. Condon went out there. They went and investigated. You know what they found? That he was a dick. Besides being a dick. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody in chat? <laughs> yeah, I almost type typed, typoed his name with an M and not an N. Yeah. Dr. Condom. That's what his dad should have wore. Oh, well, anyways, they found zero, $300,000. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I know. I see the the laughing in the chat. I'm, I'm being very, <laughs> I'm just on fire tonight.
0: Ooh, you know? the comments that we make around the house are not always <laughs> supposed to go on air. Well, you know,
1: we can be a little racy on this one, all right? We can be a little in the in the weeds, as they say. They found nothing. They spent all that money, and it came out that Condon was involved with the Air Force. Just like Hynek was told.
0: And all right, There we go, guys.
1: Yeah. All right. It just it just continues and it continues today. It continues today. So when you look at misinformation and all of this stuff and hearings and everything else, and you look at the people in this community and and people in this community will rip themselves apart trying to prove that they're right. And they could all be having these experiences. And then we get the government involved. Why would they want to be involved? Why would they want Lou Elizondo out there talking about? He's not a, he's not a UFO guy. He was brought there to do counterintelligence stuff. So counterintelligence means that you put somebody in, in the field. So you got to understand what counterintelligence is. You go out there, you learn what the enemy has and you bring it back and you report it. You're like a spy. He admitted to that's why he was brought into the UFO stuff.
0: Wayne, did you put the link to the documents in the show notes?
1: Uh, No, but I will. And I'm also going to put a link to this documentary. So what did, I I guess I want to start closing this down and say,
0: well, and it's a Sunday night and we have to work in
1: the morning. That's true. Plus I have to get the audio of this ready. So, um, what did the sheriff, our buddy here, what did he think? Of all of this stuff. All right.
2: I think this will be very telling. Check this out, everybody. And I say, now my deputies weren't uh, weren't looking for notoriety and they didn't want it. And they weren't out just purposely looking for flying saucers. They just encountered it because we had people calling up, spotting you see. And I believe that that young man or that man, that farmer in Dexter. He seen something. He said it came down. I believe him. Following requests. Dude,
0: that man blinked one time. Yep. <laughs> yep. You could tell.
2: <clears throat> he interviewed these people. One more time. Seen I love something. This. And I said, now my deputies weren't uh, weren't looking for notoriety and they, and they didn't want it. To. And they weren't out just purposely looking for flying saucers. They just encountered it because we had people calling up, spotting, you see. And I believe that that young man or that man, that farmer in Dexter, he seen something. He said it came down. I believe him. There you go. Yeah, He's adamant. He's adamant.
1: He blinks once and he says he believed him and he interviewed him. They weren't looking for this. When people have this stuff happen to them, like we had happen to us, we weren't looking for this. We just wanted to get home, and that happens to so
0: many people. Oh my God, Kelly said, "Colin, sick tomorrow and stay with us, <laughs> girl. I'll I'll tell you if it wasn't for the incentive that my district has, where yeah. you can sell back sick days
1: at I the end had of the it year, Friday."
0: So. Yeah. I I've taken <clears throat> one day in October when legitimately my friend at work uh threatened me if I did come to work. So <laughs> yeah. that is the only day we I've take taken time off. off. Yeah. So I've got like one more day that I, you know, plan on taking. Yeah. Um before the end of the year, because I like being able to sell those sick days. I yeah. got a lot of them. All right. So
1: in closing with all of this stuff we're seeing people repeat the same stuff of the past. Is anything going to change now, depending on who you talk to in this community, there's no, there's yes, there's all of this stuff.
0: Uh, We can hope. I mean, as long as we keep the dialogue, you know, active and alive.
1: Yeah. I think, you know what, what Sheriff Harvey said there at the end, and I'm going to leak this documentary. Um, because the university of Michigan also has a free online course into UFOs where you can learn about this stuff. U of M is being uh, very quote unquote progressive when it comes to studying this stuff and putting a course together about it. So, you know, I'll leave those links for you guys to check out if you want to do it. Um, but I just, you know, again, People don't ask for this stuff. I mean, I guess now with CE five, they're trying to call things in, and then depending on who you talk to, like Nathaniel Gillis, there were people in the 30s and 40s doing dark magic. Uh, Alistair Crowley, uh, the Parsons dude, Jack Parsons, you know, from Jet Propulsion Labs. These guys were doing rituals and trying to contact other forces, other dimensional things and then next thing you know they have come up with ways of putting people in space. I mean so we're gonna talk about that next week because it, it goes deep it get and it can get real dark. But all of all of these links will be in the show description once we get done here. But we've got um let's see we've been on for an hour and 25 minutes. Let's go five more minutes and I want to look and see if anybody has any questions they want to throw at us. Okay. Since well, we've been doing this
0: while you're doing that. I, I got to tell you guys that I right. just had a, a work email pop up and it is the high school that my kid goes to the, they they must be having some sort of like dress up day or, oh, um, boy. like something throughout the whole week because tomorrow is men in black day. <laughs> no joke. Listen to this. So you can either show up to school in a black suit or dressed as an alien tomorrow. So those are the, the two things. So it all makes sense why my friend put out on Facebook, you know, a fellow ba- uh, band mom looking for a an alien costume for her son to wear. So that he could ask his girlfriend out for Valentine's Day or whatever. So she couldn't find one. And lo and behold, I still had mine from Halloween. (laughs) So she messaged me after, you know, hearing about on Facebook that I had one. She was like, you know, you know, do you still have this? I'm like, absolutely. You know, stop on by, pick it up. So. Her, her yep. kid is wearing my Halloween costume tomorrow, but yeah, men in black day.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, I so. needed this in my, yeah, in my life. That's school. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Nane says, seriously, U of M. Yeah. So here's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I can't blow it up very much, but. Right here in the bottom of this description of this 1966 UFO sightings in Dexter, Michigan, a mini documentary put out by Michigan Online, which is uh, University of Michigan right here. It says, we encourage you to explore the UFO phenomenon with leading experts and your fellow participants in the UFOs scanning the skies teach out a free and online learning experience from the university of Michigan. Join the conversation at, and there's the link. So I will put that link in there uh, for you guys. If you want to do that, I've done that class and I kind of walked away from it. I'll tell you guys at a different time. Why I I walked away. It seemed to lean very heavily on one side, right? Instead of truly looking at it. All right. Um, Let's see. We got uh, intergalactic angler says definitely want to see that episode. Yeah. Next week with Nathaniel Gillis. He does not disappoint. I've studied Mike J. I've studied a bit on Crowley. He was a lunatic. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was. But uh, I think there was some kind of ties familial ties to the bush family with crawley so again this rabbit hole is crazy um what else do we have here men in black day that's funny yep uh men in black history month is that why they're doing it 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 is it's black history month is that what they're talking about
0: no i think we were still talking about what what the high school's got going on
1: okay So Uh, I just
0: said that I need a day like that. I love Black History
1: Month because I get to show the kids a lot of scientists who are African-American in this country that did some great and amazing things that they don't ever think about. And it's uh, really cool. All right. What else? All right. So quickly, before we end the show tonight, anybody have any last minute questions for Michelle or I? Anybody? 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 Hopefully you found this interesting tying in, you know, when we got marked right around the corner, people here in Michigan, that means
0: UFOs. I swear. I think that we need to get in the car and go up and see guy. Oh, seems yeah. it, seems his, seems his area.
1: Well, you know what? If we show up to, at guy's house one day, there'd probably be somebody showing up there to buy something and talk to him about UFOs.
0: And we would get a story one way or another
1: yeah make sure you thanks diane yeah make sure you hit that like button for us we appreciate that all right well i don't see any questions out there so
0: Uh, guys we appreciate you coming out tonight yes until next weekend with nathaniel gillis yes
1: with nathaniel gillis i can't wait he's always fired up so, all right, everybody, that's going to do it for us then tonight. If you do have any questions, you want to email us. And I think Nain, uh, if I'm pronouncing your name correctly, if you want to send us your UFO encounter and have us read it uh, and put it out there for people, absolutely send it to us. Um, Strawdog says, fine show. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. With that being said, you want to say have a great night. Have a great week. Have a great life. And remember... Keep your eyes to what, Michelle?
0: The sky. Did you notice that none of the cats made any noises tonight?
1: That was weird. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Keep those eyes to that sky.